the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. It's spring, and Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island is your lawn care company. Call them today for a free quote, 401-392-1025. Check out their website, lawndoctor.com. Your best lawn ever, guaranteed. Call them now. Get that spring program. You have the fertilizer, then you guaranteed broadleaf crabgrass control. Your best lawn ever guaranteed call lawn doctor today check out their website lawndoctor.com or call them 401-392-1025 it's john DePietro on am 1380 99.9 fm folks you can always listen online at the website which is dipetro.com and don't forget at dipetro.com you have also have the, all the links that you can follow me on social media it's right at the very top so when you hear me talk about twitter or facebook or YouTube or Instagram. All the links are right there, right at the top of the web page. You can also see some of the exclusive stories that we have, whether it be uh, some of the video and audio of uh, Governor McKee, and then also obviously the ongoing gang war that has started Providence is now starting to go to some of the other areas of Rhode Island. Speaking of Governor McKee, there's, um, you know, it's interesting. Last fall, he made a lot of strides within the business community. Governor McKee was someone, you know, it was Governor Mundell who was holding on to a lot of that federal money. And the reason she did, that was money that was supposed to go to businesses. And Governor Mundell held on to that money in order to ensure that none of the state workers would be laid off or be furloughed. And as a result of that, uh, that happened. So she stayed in their good graces. And then they backed her in getting a position with the Biden administration. So politics went out there. Now, as far as Governor McKee, he was very successful in getting a lot of support for the business community. And he was, you know, going after it and said she needed to release that money. She held on to it. She held on to it and uh, basically kind of froze out the General Assembly, especially uh, Speaker Nick Mattiello and Governor Mundo held on to that money and would not release that money and uh, through a lot of opposition. Well, now he's the governor and he's battling for the money coming in, except this time. House Speaker Joe Sakachi, he's saying, no, 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 we control, we control the money. We're going to hold on to the money. You could administer the money, but we're going to hold on to the money. So this has been a real battle now between Governor, uh, Governor McKee and House Speaker Joe Sakachi. And on top of that, I'm going to tell you why a lot of businesses are uh, starting to frown on Governor McKee. I'm going to tell you about that. Uh, coming up because right now I know there's a an awful lot of business people that initially were in his camp and maybe you're listening and you were a supporter but now a lot of business people are complaining that this worker shortage is hurting them and Governor McKee does not want to order these people back to work some governors are doing that but he's choosing not to do that but some governors are ordering people back to work instead of getting this extra it all comes down to the extra 300 a week which there's also nothing fear about it because you have people that never stopped working and now they don't get that money. The money is for the people who stopped working and now they get to collect the money and go back to work. So that's not fear. Uh, there's nothing fear about that. You still have a worker shortage. Not everyone's going to go back to work. Some people are. So now I understand, I think, why he's doing this. And that is, listen, it's very simple. He's got his eye on the calendar next September, September 2022, Democrat primary. And right now, the four names you hear are Governor Dan McKee. Now, remember, he wasn't elected. He's filling out Gina Raimondo's second term. So, Governor McKee, you hear General Treasurer Seth Magaziner, who's raising a lot of money. You have Secretary of State Nelly Gorbia, who's taking shots at him. How come he's not opening up the state house? How come he's not giving guidance on reopening state government? And then you also have Providence Mayor Jorge Alorza, who's been very critical regarding the state takeover of the Providence schools. So, but Governor McKee, he's trying to do the dance where you have a lot of business people who have become upset with him, saying we have a worker shortage. And as long as you're paying these people to stay home, and folks, as we've talked about, 
You pay people not to work. They will take the money and not work. If you say to people, tell you what, stay on unemployment, but go back a little bit, and we'll even give you an extra 300 a week for working, they'll do that. Uh, there's nothing right about it. It's certainly not sustainable long-term. Unemployment's supposed to be that for people who are unemployed, not people who are, eh, I think I'll take the summer off. Why not? I'll make just as much, if not more, maybe even a little less, but I'll, I'll get the summer off. But he's not winning friends in the business family, that's for sure. And at some point, you know, and I know his people are saying, hey, listen, he's got to win this primary. If he doesn't win the primary, he's not going to be a full term as being governor. All right. We're going to talk about that and a lot more right here on the John DePietro Show. R.E. Coogan Heating. Call Coogs today. Helpful, trustworthy, reliable. Remember, whether it's plumbing, heating, or cooling, residential services, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone, they say. R.E. Coogan and Heating. Call them today at 401-732-6562. 401-732-6562. It's R.E. Coogan and Heating. Helpful, trustworthy, reliable for plumbing, heating, and cooling. From winter to summer, the trained technicians provide 100% service, one customer at a time. From service calls to maintenance agreements to installation, R.E. Coogan Heating, proud to help residential customers. They pride themselves. They make customer service and satisfaction a top priority. As they say, as Coog says, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. R.E. Coogan and Heating. Call them today, 401-732-6562, 401-732-6562. It's Coog's. It's R.E. Coogan and Heating. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. This is the perfect time of year. If you're going to have any paving done around your home, really improve the look of it. Well, you want to call J. Perry Paving, letter J, J. Perry Paving today at 732-1730. 732-1730. You can find them online letter j j perry paving.com they're also on facebook j perry paving residential commercial seal coating patios what a difference it makes how aesthetically pleasing it is folks invest in your home invest in your property your business j perry paving provide high quality fear pricing exceptional service hey they'll offer a free estimate any project what a difference it makes you can have a beautiful home but if you have a cracked driveway or some different cracks, or just maybe it hasn't been done in a while, call J. Perry Paving today. This is also a great time of year to have that patio done. Seal coating, residential, commercial, J. Perry Paving. Call them, 401-732-1730. They're the best, 732-1730. It's incredible. Asphalt paving, whether it's a brand new project, or maybe it's just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed. It's affordable, smooth, safe to drive on, aesthetically appealing, looks beautiful. Hey, and the snow melts right off it. J. Perry Paving. Call them for a free quote. Maybe just thinking about it. This is the perfect time. Have that driveway done, patio done. J. Perry Paving. Call them 732-1730, 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. Look for them online at J, letter J, jperrypaving.com, and also on Facebook. It's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 .9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. Remember, when you're there, you can uh, go inside the shop. And we have uh, great items that are for sale. Number one, you get to wear them. And then number two, you also get to support the show. I want to touch on um, this matter about this. You know, they want a commission now on what happened on uh, January 6th. And let, let's make no mistake about it. And a big one of the voices that's driving this 
is Rhode Island Congressman David Cicilline. There's, there's nothing but politics here. Um, they don't need a commission. They don't need a big investigation. A little truth would be nice. What are we really talking about? We're talking about a group of people that feel left out of the system, that felt that themselves and their candidate was getting a raw deal on some answers about the election. It's not a matter of whether or not, you know, this whole talking point of big lie and all this other stuff. What, why, why can't anyone investigate that? Why can't it be discussed? Why is it that if you're opposed to very reasonable restrictions on voting just to ensure an accurate count? Why is that suppression? Why is that racist? Why does that become the big lie? On January, Congressman Cicilline and the five people that died that day, there was one person that was killed. And that was the unarmed female protester who was shot and killed unnecessarily, by the way. Ashley Babbitt. You wait till her family sues. They have never released the name of the officer who did that. So many of the people, what was their big crime that day was trespassing. They got inside. They did. Many of the guards, by the way, Capitol Police, they let the people in. So you had people protesting. And that was January 6th. And let's, let's remember that all summer, end of the fall, they were watching all the Black Lives Matter protesters. They were watching the Antifa. And they were all over the country and destroying all the major cities. They did billions of dollars worth of damage. So on one day, a group of law-abiding American citizens went to Washington. Some were let in. Others maybe got a little aggressive and pushing in. But then they left when they were supposed to. They didn't do any uh, wild-scale damage. They didn't set the place on fire. There was not an armed insurrection. What did they have? They had hats and flags. All right. We got a little rowdy at times. No more than uh, what you see maybe like with the Buffalo Bills when they have a game at home in Buffalo. They call them the Bills Mafia. Nothing more really rowdy or aggressive than that. Do you know some of these people have still been held they still have been locked up since they were arrested shortly after that. What about all the protesters that did all the damage this summer, ripping down the monuments and destroying all the major cities, whether it's New York, Atlanta, Philadelphia, Los Angeles, other different parts. Providence has never recovered from the riots, excuse me, the peaceful protesters. And now this is nothing more than politics. This commission that people like Congressman Cicilline are calling for, for January 6th. This is not to try to, we need to get to the the bottom of this. It's not a matter of that. This is all about next year's midterm elections. They, and I've been saying this from the, they want to damage the Republican Party. They still want to damage President Trump. They want to convince you that if you go along with that party and that guy, you're a racist, you're a white supremacist. That was an armed insurrection, armed insurrection. Listen, if that was really, they, they were successful. Let's just play that out. Let's just say, you know what? Yeah, they said, we're going to start a new government. We're going to go in here. They, 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 they took over the building. They were inside the Senate chambers. There were like 20 of them and one guy. And what happened? They all left. They were walking through the stanchions. They were taking pictures with statues. They were like, hey, here we are. We made it. Like that was the win. That was the win, was just getting in, not disrupting the process. When people go, disrupting the process, how about when, uh, when Judge Kavanaugh, during his hearing, when there were all those outbursts and interruptions and people screaming and trying to stop, what about that? What about those insurrectionists? What do you call all the people that were outside the Derek Chauvin trial in Minneapolis that were basically sending a message to the jury and now that trial is tainted? It's got to go both sides. So that was not, that, that whole thing is blown out of proportion. You had some people that got a little rowdy. And by the way, some people that, that you, I've you know, spoken to and were there and uh, not inside, but outside said the Capitol Police, they were very aggressive, uh, overly aggressive. They weren't used to anybody pushing back. You know, they've, I've, like many of you, I've been to a lot of Trump gatherings and Trump rallies, and they've always been peaceful. They're known to be peaceful. And you get a lot of members of law enforcement, you get a lot of members of military, you get families, you get peaceful people. So all of a sudden they're there and they feel, hey, it's our right to protest and make our voices heard. 
And maybe some of the Capitol Police were getting a little aggressive with them. And so most of the time they say, hey, you know, you're right. This time maybe they push back a little bit. And actually you heard a lot of people, a lot of the protesters are there saying, listen, we're not, you know, we have your back. We've defended you to the Capitol Police. We're the only ones that have been defending you. And so some of them made it in, but a commission for January 6th, because a bunch of people were basically protesting and basically, what, trespassing? A full commission on that? You know, Congressman Cicilline, this is where he's not acting and doing anything on your behalf or behalf of the people of the state. He is, he is nothing more than a partisan attack dog. He is doing this. He wants to censure them. How about the fact he was misleading? He gave out false information. He said that one of the officers was beaten to death. That didn't happen. He said one of the women were trampled. That didn't happen. It is true. Five people died. One shot and killed the protester, Ashley Babbitt, that uh, Capitol Police officer. He had a stroke later that night. If you see footage, the guy was overweight. He was obese. I don't know what happened that day, but he was back in his office and he had a stroke that night. And then there was someone that OD'd and then there were two other people that they uh, unfortunately had heart trouble, but they were over by the where the, the speech was being given. They weren't anywhere near the Capitol. They weren't inside the Capitol. So it's not a matter of that. I mean, it's just complete disinformation to fit the narrative. A commission on January 6th. That was nothing more than a rowdy protest. And if you look at the, the, the largest, large number of people that were there, by and large, that was a peaceful protest. It was really just, you know, 1% of 1% of the entire crowd that maybe got a little rowdy and, you know, nothing more than you'd see, as I've said, in the bleachers at Fenway Park or the upper deck at, at uh, Gillette or maybe sometimes on a Bruins game that goes into overtime and the crowd gets a little out of control, nothing more than that. So to try to turn this into, you know, anti-Republican party, that's really what it is, trying to demonize President Trump. This is all a, a concerted effort to try to portray anyone who's a Trump supporter, to try to embarrass you, scare you away. Same thing, really, it's the independent voters to try to ski, scare away a lot of Democrats that voted for Trump. A lot of, listen, there's a lot of Democrats who said, you know, I'm not on board with this Black Lives Matter thing. I don't support Antifa. I don't support AOC and the squad. I don't hate the country. I don't hate the flag. I don't think we're a racist country. I don't think everybody's a racist. I don't think we should teach kids to, you know, apologize and hate the country and continue to tell them that we're just this racist country and destroy the Constitution. You know, some of the leading figures, look at the people that have voices right now. It's the far less progressive. I also don't understand. You know, I think I'd like to better when Prince Harry and Meghan Markle were over across the pond, as they say. My God, they are constantly in the news. And how about he's Prince Harry saying, you know, I don't understand your First Amendment. Well, a lot of people, there's a lot of progressives. I am telling you, that is under attack. That is one of the first things progressives would like to get rid of is the First Amendment. Even more than the second. Even more. No, they would like it. They basically feel that there are many people that you really don't have the right to voice your opinion. Only they should have, because they are right in their mind. So they're the only ones that should have an opinion. And Prince Harry, how about that? He said he called the First Amendment bonkers. Hey, listen, I, I've just about had it with you and your outspoken uh, bride there. And that, uh, you know, Oprah is now like the, the medium for you guys. Why don't you go back over to Buckingham Palace and just try to do some good instead of uh, criticizing. There's a reason we broke away from you people. Let's remember that. All right. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. We're in an accident. Someone hits your vehicle. It's damaged in some way. Pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Folks, as you're riding along, you just never know. 
You could be dealing with a drunk driver, someone not paying attention. How about the people texting and driving? If you ever damage your vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. Several reasons. One, they'll handle everything for you. Two, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. And three, they'll make your car. It'll look like it just rolled out of the showroom. West Fountain Auto Body. Call them, 401 272 3340. Did someone damage your vehicle? Whether it's a small fender bender or nearly total vehicle, West Fountain will restore your vehicle, get it back on the road. Call them today, 401-272-3340. And remember, if you're having an accident, first thing you want to do, call the police, fill out a police report. If the tow truck shows up, tell them, let's get this vehicle over to West Fountain, 401-272-3340. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401 401- 321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. This portion of the John DePietro Show, folks, is brought to you by Brothers Disposal. Call Brother Roland today, now offering weekly trash collection services. Brothers Disposal. Look for them on Facebook. They have those purple dumpsters, and the Facebook page stands out, purple and yellow. Brothers Disposal. Again, offering weekly trash collection services. Call for an estimate, 401-688-0517, 401-688-0517. Come on, brother. Call Brother's Disposal today. Put a purple dumpster in your driveway. Maybe you're doing some spring cleaning, or maybe you want to clean out that basement, the garage, the attic. Call Brother's Disposal today. Get a purple dumpster in your driveway, 401 401- Six eight eight zero five one seven, and remember, now offering weekly trash collection services. Call for an estimate. It's Brothers Disposal four zero one six eight eight zero five one seven. It's John DePietro on AM thirteen eighty ninety nine point nine FM. You can always listen online at the website depietro.com. Now, normally, normally we don't talk about the Middle East. Normally, we don't talk about the problems of Israel. Very simple. It's been going on for a long time. Um, there's certain people that's all they follow. As I've mentioned on the program, I'm probably one of the few local people. I've been there, spent some time there. Uh, I was there for over two weeks, all different parts of Israel, plus listen to groups from the Palestinians, one plus unsuccessfully tried to get to Ramallah, where Arafat was. But right now, something very interesting is happening right now. What that makes the debate different is because the debate has suddenly shifted because Black Lives Matter, they have come out in support of Hamas, in support of the Palestinians. And as much as some people are trying to say, oh, no, no, they, they don't support Hamas. They, you know, they, they just support the Palestinians. Well, they're one and the same. And Israel has a right to defend themselves. This has become very partisan. This has become, you know, defense of Israel for a long time was a big part of, as many of you know, the Democrat Party, right? Liberal Democrat Party that would defend Israel. But then suddenly now, a lot of them are blaming Israel and saying, oh, no, no, they, they got too close to Trump. Netanyahu, no, he, was, he embraced Trump, which means, what do you think that means? Enter Trump derangement syndrome. Suddenly, members of the Democrat Party, what do they say? Well, if Israel got along well with Trump, then we're suddenly against Israel. And it's it's dividing the Democrat Party because Black Lives Matter has come out. And Black Lives Matter is trying to equate problems and conflicts that they've had with policing with what's going on in Israel. Well, let's talk about what's going on in Israel. You have one group, the, the, is, is the Israelis, that are, they are our ally. They're a democracy. They're a valued ally. 
and they are trying to work in a very, very difficult situation. Two people thrown together, trying to coexist, and at times there's peace, and then suddenly all hell breaks loose. But let's, you know, they have worked out a lot of different ways to try to make this relationship work. The population of Israel is changing now. I think 20% of the population in Israel are actually Arab. And now let's look at the other side, which are the Palestinians. And what's their mission? We're going to kill every one of them. We're going to drive them into the sea. Our mission, Israel says our mission is to try to coexist and live peacefully alongside the Palestinians, the people in the West Bank and Gaza. And what do the Palestinians say? And our mission is to drive you into the sea. Our mission is to kill every last Jew that lives in Israel. Excuse me. That is what they've said. They're on record. That's the mission. You, you can't get along when you have one group that is working, trying to have peace, and then the other group who says, we are going to eliminate you, and we're going to annihilate you. So Black Lives Matter have said, well, you know, the black people understand the Palestinian plight, because that's the same plight that Palestinian people have dealt with. And they're trying to equate the people of Israel with that of, you know, these are like the modern day police and police brutality and and uh, hey, Israel should have thought about that before they paired up with Trump. You know, that's how twisted and broken this is. That is completely wrong. What do you expect Israel's going to do when you fire 40 missiles into them? They're going to fire back. And many of the tunnels they use, and, and, and Biden has, the President Biden has completely lost control of the situation. But the Democrat Party, they have problems. And what's different is suddenly, you know, Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, what was kind of the the normal line of the Democrat Party, which was to support Israel, well, suddenly now they're dealing with AOC and they're dealing with the squad and they're dealing with that representative Tlaib and some others. And then there's a representative from, I think, Missouri, who's a big Black Lives Matter advocate and trying to equate the two, by the way, which is completely false, completely based on a lie. And no one should, you, you can't enter into a serious conversation with anyone that tries to say that they're on par with each other. Now, Friday night in Providence, there was another free Palestine. And, you know, this terror reign of Israel and portraying the people of Israel as terrorists and oppressors. And this linking of Black Lives Matter. See, I think Black Lives Matter, which was gaining a lot of power, political strength, certainly in the Democrat Party, I think they've made a mistake. They're also showing they're willing to go international now. They're going to wade into other issues. No one should underestimate that. I think this is a clean miss. I think this is not the message. I think this is the time for people to start to say, who am I really aligned with here? Am I with our ally, Israel? Am I for democracy? Or am I for Hamas, which is a terror organization? And Hezbollah, where they basically, their entire objective, and you saw it, and by the way, there should be no shortage of reporting on the number of hate crimes towards the Jewish people that we have started to see. You've had violent outbreaks in New York City, and a Palestinian Arab man that was beating up some Jewish people was screaming, you know, what, whatever happened, I think someone said, what, what happened never again? What happened to when you go to Israel? They continually tell you the Holocaust will never happen again because never again. We're never going to go down that type of path again. And yet, I don't see it playing out. I'm surprised the number of people that are silent on it. Listen, it's anti-Semitism. Uh, this is very simple. This should not even be a discussion. These people and some of the local reps I saw with the big, they had a rally Friday night in Providence. There were hundreds of people there. They had elected reps speaking on behalf of basic, I don't care what somebody tries to explain, you're, you're speaking out on behalf of a terror organization, Hamas, the same group that convinces their own people to strap on suicide vests, to try to take out. They are, 
completely. They want to kill all the Jewish people. That's who you are with. Don't try to come around into something else. You know, someone was mentioning to me, maybe, you know, they shouldn't be shocked that those two groups are aligned. And this business of this is oppression and it's apartheid and and uh, the poor, and trying to pit, you know, one against, is if somehow the Palestinians are on par with activists that are trying to call for police reform. I mean, it's not even close. But, but it, maybe we shouldn't be shocked because the Black Lives Matter movement, I mean, anyone that really followed it, that's why they say from Ferguson to Palestine, it, it was based on a lie. It was based on the situation of Ferguson with Michael Brown and witnesses that said he had his hands up. He said, my hands are up, please don't shoot. And a white police officer shot him down anyway. And that was the beginning of Black Lives Matter. They were all chanting, these are racist police. That was the first time it was a hashtag. And the talking point was that these white police officers who are racist and white supremacists were basically just going into black neighborhoods and shooting down young black men because they didn't value their life, their existence. That's why the hashtag Black Lives Matter. Well, we then learned it was, Frank, it was a lie. That whole th- that never happened that way. Michael Brown, who was shot and killed in Ferguson, was going for an officer's gun. The, the initial witnesses that were making those claims were all proven to be false. And so now, fast forward, you know, several years later, Black Lives Matter is what people realize not, but certainly in the Democrat Party, they've become a rising political force and power. And President Biden basically caters to them at every turn. How about he's going to have the George Floyd family over to the White House on the anniversary of the death of George Floyd? But, but Black Lives Matter suddenly says, you know, we're with the Palestinians. We're with the Arabs. We're with Hamas. Death to Israel. Wipe them out. Drive them into the sea. There's no coexistence here. We're not trying to coexist. This is get even time. This is drive them out. That is the message. They can try to downplay it any way they want. But they're not fooling me. All right. You're listening to The John DeFeature Show. What's the point of having an appliance if it doesn't work properly or maybe you have problems with it? I'll tell you what you should do. As I like to say, if your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. Easy to remember, Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. I've used Ryan on several occasions, whether it's for your washing machine or maybe your dryer or the refrigerator, or your stove, or oven, or microwave, any appliance. If your appliance is dying, just call Ryan, 401-710-7096. I was having a problem with our our clothes dryer. What would happen? It wouldn't turn on. No way they were going to dry the clothes. I called Ryan's Appliance Repair. He fixed that in about five minutes. Then the oven wouldn't heat up. I called Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. He fixed, the, he fixed the, the oven in about five minutes. Folks, call them. All work is guaranteed for 90 days, parts and labor. Senior citizens discounts are available and Saturday appointments are available. Come on, call Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. For all your tree needs, call the tree trimming experts in Lincoln. It's Yankee Tree Service. Call them today for a free quote, 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, 401-439-6028. Fully insured, 
tree removal company with a licensed arborist, Yankee Tree Service. They provide various tree services, including tree removal, pruning, land clearing, stump grinding, and bobcat service. Check out their website, yankeetreeservice.com. Whether it's for tree removal or stump grinding, Yankee Tree Service provides stump grinding so you can enjoy your landscape without the eyesore of old stumps. Tree pruning. You know, many times a tree just needs to be pruned instead of completely cut down. The licensed arborists with Yankee Tree Service, they'll help you decide what's the best treatment plan for your tree. Emergency service or bucket truck service. They'll get up in the bucket. Call Yankee Tree Service today for a free quote. 401-439-6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com. You're listening to the John DePietro Show and 1380 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. Well, they were successful. They have gotten rid of Providence Superintendent Harrison Peters. You know, there's a lot of uh, what I would call selective outrage right now at how much this guy is walking away with. But a big part of this is that is the contract that he signed. So whether it's members at the General Assembly or it's part of the Robert School Committee, a lot of, uh, lot of positioning. It's a real pile-on with certain people at the Rhode Island State House. That is the contract. And anyone that says, oh, they should have just fired him, but hey, wait, whoa, 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 time out. They're, they're actually on thin ice on this business of trying to get rid of this guy in the first place. So a huge part of this, a huge part that can't be ignored is the fact that he is part of the team with the education commissioner that coming in and this takeover of the Providence schools. And this is two years and they have accomplished basically nothing because it all has to do with the contract, control of the contract. And the education commissioner has been able to. So they can pile on and go after this guy and pound him because he hired someone who got into an incident at a gym. This guy, he had the man, this... The, the foot massager or the, the foot toucher or the foot uh, rubber, I should say, where he'd go into the gym. Hey, what kind of sneakers are those? And start grabbing. So let's just remember, he had no dealings with students. There's been no reports of that. He was dealing with principals. I have no idea what his work was like during the course of the week, the month, the time that he was here. But you cannot ignore the fact that a huge part of trying to go after this Harrison Peters, is the fact that he's part of the team that is trying to improve the Providence schools and they're facing incredible opposition. I I think you could almost start to argue that the window may be closing and they don't even realize it. When this first happened, May of 2019, two years ago, John Hopkins' report comes out and just how terrible... Wall Street Journal writing about it, fourth worst in the country, just horrific scores. And I said then, you have to move lightning speed quick, but they're going to try to work on it, and the deal's not up yet, and blah, blah. And they wait. And now I think, unfortunately, this education commissioner, Fonte Green, has waited too long. And I recognize a lot of people listening and saying, yeah, but I don't live in Providence. I don't have school in Providence. My children, I mean, don't go there. But please understand, when you're the the capital city, a lot of companies, you know, Governor Mundo admitted this. When they were pitching, you go back when Governor Mundo first became the governor, and they were pitching, trying to get GE and some other companies to come in. One of the first things they look at, believe it or not, is how is the public school system in the capital city, not in some of the surrounding areas. They say, if we're going to be based in Providence, a lot of them, our employees are going to live in Providence. How are... The public school system in the capital city and it's atrocious but this started years ago where people just started saying i'm going to send my child to a private school or they'd move out of the city so to a private school then you have the charter schools coming in but as far as the regular public school terrible absolutely horrendous so you finally have some movement they're trying to rework it and now the union opposition this has been thrown in the lap and they're never going to let the current commissioner live down the fact that she had hired, you know, this is like a domino effect. She hired Harrison Peters 
who hired the foot rubber, and then Peters is out, and make no mistake about it, they are eyeing this commissioner. I mean, and I think she, she's got to know it. Now, right now, you know, let's just give her the benefit of the doubt. Let's just say she had said a while ago, like a year ago, like really, we need to rework the contract. We don't know. We don't know everything behind the scenes. Governor Mundo could have said, listen, don't push them just yet because I'm being vetted for VP. So don't push just yet. And then in the fall, if she said, listen, you know, we really need to rework this contract. It's nothing's going to improve with this contract in place, which is ridiculous. And then was told, well, don't do it just yet because I don't want to go to war with them because I'm up for a cabinet position. It's spring and time to call J.K.L. Engineering today at 401-351-7600. J.K.L. Engineering, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. You know, pretty soon it'll be warm. It'll be hot. Why not have central air for your home? Call J.K.L. Engineering today, 401-351-7600. Remember, with J.K.L., estimates are free. Financing is available, both residential and commercial, in the wintertime. JKL, they can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. It's going to be a hot summer. Call JKL Engineering today. Be nice and cool in your home this summer. Call JKL, 401-351-7600. For 54 years, JKL's reputation, second to none, especially for technical expertise and customer satisfaction. JKL. They do it right. They do it right the first time. They're an approved National Grid VPI installer. JKL is also a Navian certified factory dealer called JKL for a system replacement, oil to gas, or for a heat pump. Estimates are free. Financing is available, both residential and commercial. Call JKL Engineering today for light for Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 401 351 7600. 401 351-7600. It's J.K.L. Engineering. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. 99.9 FM and also AM 1380. Joining us right now to uh, discuss the Biden administration and their policy on energy is, in fact, someone has tremendous experience with it. And we want to welcome to the John DePietro Show, Samantha Davis. Hello, Samantha Dravis. Hi, John. Good morning. It's great to be with you. Yes. Samantha, just so um, our, our listeners are clear, if you would uh, be so kind as to give us a little bit about your background. Sure. Well, specifically as it relates to environmental and energy policy, and during the first two years of the Trump administration, I was the head of regulatory policy at EPA. Um, I've held a number of roles, both um, in the Bush administration on Capitol Hill, working for a Republican organization. So, I really had a front seat to politics and policy over the last um, decade or so. And, you know, specifically during my role in the Trump administration, I really had a seat to see firsthand the machinations of this massive bureaucracy and how things get done, but also how the bureaucracy can kind of keep things from getting done and how these agencies really regulate everything that you do in your daily life, you know, environmental the Environmental Protection Agency promulgates more regulations than all the other federal agencies combined, and the cost of those regulations are in the hundreds of billions. So it was a really fascinating role, and now we're, you know, we're in the Biden administration where we're taking a com- completely different approach to policy. So it's interesting to see. Folks, again, we'll speak with Samantha Dravis. Samantha, um, I... Uh, could you touch on how it really seems that with your work and certainly under President Trump, how the country basically, we, uh, we became like so self-reliant as far as just something like oil. I uh, know someone in the oil business and said as a result of fracking, they found an oil well, I think it was either Nebraska or Kansas, but it was enough oil to for the entire state for like the next 20 years. But uh, obviously during the campaign, with the Biden administration, one of the first things they mentioned was they wanted to stop fracking. So if you could talk about and just touch on what did under the Trump administration, it sounds like it was things were just made easier for people uh, and able to get natural, natural ingredients that, that we use for oil. Yeah, it's exactly right. So, I mean, in this country, because of American innovation and technology like fracking, we had the shale revolution, which during which the... Um, United States became a net exporter of oil and gas for the first time ever. So we basically surpassed 
energy independence, which was always the goal. And we, we entered a new era in the Trump years of energy dominance, where we didn't have to import oil from OPEC countries like Saudi Arabia, because we're producing so much of it here at home. We gave the green light to pipelines to kind of shore up our energy infrastructure. We opened up federal lands to drilling so that we could cultivate and use those abundant resources. And that benefited Americans. Um, we had you know, record economic growth and, and low gas prices. And now during the Biden administration, you know, we've got a president who's anti-oil and gas. And on his first day in office, his first official action was to cancel the Keystone XL pipeline. Um, and, you know, we're now seeing the the effects of that as well as, you know, pushing $4 trillion in new spending for wind and solar, which are not reliable forms of energy. Samantha, what do you make of the uh, the, the current mantra of so many people now that it, it, it seems misguided, uh, the whole war against fossil fuels and trying to set up these unrealistic deadlines for where states or the country need to be in, in the next few years? Well, I mean, it's, it's dangerous, right? If you want to know what the future of that looks like, just look to places like California and what we saw happened recently in Texas, where they had an unprecedented deep freeze. And because their grid was so reliant on wind and solar, which are intermittent sources of power, um, people actually died and froze to death because they couldn't you know, supply power back to the grid. In California, they've got energy costs that are 30% higher than the rest of the nation, and yet they're still having rolling blackouts because, um, again, the grid is overly reliant on wind and solar. So it's the policies don't really make sense. I mean, in the name of climate change, we're trying to say let's move completely away from fossil fuels, but it's very misguided. As you mentioned, again, the, the natural gas fracking revolution has allowed us to actually reduce our carbon emissions by 18 percent over the last couple of decades. And, you know, this is America. We're going to always innovate. We've got carbon capture and storage. We've got all kinds of technologies that are going to allow us to do this in a cleaner way, but it's, we're not going to move off of fossil fuels. Or our everyday lives are just too reliant on them, and it's a abundant and, most importantly, affordable form of energy. So people need fossil fuels. Folks, it's the John DePietro Show. We're speaking with Samantha Dravis, who is the Senior Vice President, Cloud Public Affairs in D.C. Uh, she certainly has experience at the White House and federal agencies and Capitol Hill. And, Samantha, I, I'm just curious also that um, – just the the situation that happened with the hackers in the pipeline, uh, it, it doesn't seem as if the Biden administration fully understood some of the dangers when they, you know, immediately came in and shut down the Keystone. But think how dramatic that was for people. It was a real eye opener uh, from Texas to New Jersey, where suddenly you had all these these gas lines and the shortage and, and just how quickly and how vulnerable we become on something like that. Well, yeah, I and mean, you're exactly right. We we are totally unprepared, and we're we're very vulnerable to attacks on our critical energy infrastructure because we're so fo- focused now on pushing, you know, trillions of dollars of spending on electric, and we're not building pipelines. We're canceling pipelines, and the administration's response is people were, you know, standing in line waiting for gas, and gas is running out and reaching seven dollars a gallon where it was available. The response to me seemed completely incoherent. I mean, they contradicted themselves. John Kerry and Jennifer Granholm both said pipeline is the best way to transport fuel. It's the safest way to transport fuel, but we shouldn't build more pipelines because there's better alternatives. Well, what exactly are the alternatives? You just said, you know, pipeline is the best way. So the response seemed incoherent. You're right. I think they fundamentally don't understand what's going on here. Um, and, you know, we're in the midst of canceling American pipelines, but also Biden is saying Russian gas pipelines are okay. So I think on energy policy, you know, they're not, they're not doing well. Samantha, what about the, the trend now? You know, all, every state seemingly now has a, a climate czar, and they're trying to put in all these different positions. Now, up here in the Northeast, everyone is talking about all these windmills, but so many individuals that I know that have to deal with them say that it finds them to be very unreliant and uh, and certainly in no way could be something that could be shifted to, you know, in a full-time 24-7 basis. Right. Well, 
Well, as I mentioned, I mean, wind and solar, they're intermittent sources of power. So, you know, the wind is not always blowing. We've got um, storage capacity issues with wind and same with solar. The sun's not always shining. So they're, they're just, they're not reliable forms of power that can supply us with the energy that we need. You have to have fossil fuels in the mix. And the example of what happens when you don't have enough of that is what happened to the folks in Texas. So, you know, again, I think there's very real real issues with trying to transition too quickly to that. There is a place for renewables, and I think that, you know, I'm, I'm not suggesting wind and solar shouldn't be part of the mix, but I think an all-of-the-above approach is the way to get there. Um, you know, since you mentioned that in terms of climate change, I think it's really interesting that Democrats and particularly President Biden won't support new um, nuclear projects. You know, nuclear is a zero emissions form of energy, and it's highly reliable. But, you know, environmentalists, for some reason, are against nuclear. So it, it seems like, you know, there's something else going on here besides just caring about the environment. And Samantha, what about also in the Biden administration or obviously a high profile person with the Green New Deal is AOC, but they try to say, you know, this should all now be considered part of our infrastructure. People need to almost like rethink new dynamic the way they think of energy and it should be considered part of our infrastructure. That's really not the traditional infrastructure. It seems to be more just an alternative energy source. That's exactly right. Um, so, you know, Biden um, has a bill on Capitol Hill that he's pushing right now that would uh, represent, I think, $2 trillion of new uh, federal spending, and he's calling it an infrastructure bill. But really what it is is the Green New Deal. And even AOC herself has um, has made statements that she said, yeah, you know, it's basically um, people don't want to call it the Green New Deal, but that's exactly what it is. You're committing the United States to $174 billion um, for new electric vehicle charging stations, hundreds of billions for a climate job core, um, an energy efficient uh, LED lights, uh, things like that on for public housing. So, you know, very little having to do with repairing our, bro our roads, bridges, um, airports, or frankly, our critical energy infrastructure ensuring up cybersecurity protections for them. So you really can't call it an infrastructure bill. I think the the reasons that why they're calling it that is because people don't want the Green New Deal. So they're trying to sneak it through and call it something else. Folks, she is currently Senior Vice President, Cloud Public Affairs in Washington, D.C. It's Samantha Dravis. Samantha, thank you very much for joining us, and we'll talk to you again. Thank you, John. Spring is here. Time to contact Bethel Certified Softwash. You can text Jared a free estimate at 401-617-2585. Bethel Certified Softwash. They have a great website. It's RhodeIslandSoftWashing.com. Outside your home, let's get rid of the grime and the stains, maybe some of that, that green algae and moss and mildew that build up over the course of the winter. Call Bethel Certified Softwash today. Again, outside your restaurant or your home or a roof or a deck or a patio or a walkway, it's Bethel Certified Softwash. Remember, it's biodegradable. It's plant safe. Look for them on Facebook, Bethel, B-E-T-H-E-L. Their Facebook page, the before and after, are just tremendous. Contact them today for a free same-day text estimate, 401-617-2585, 401-617-2585. Again, remember, they have a great website. It's RhodeIslandSoftWashing.com, Bethel Certified Soft Wash and Power Wash.